0: On today's edition of the Locked On Nets podcast, the Nets got a win. They took down the Washington Wizards 118-110. to We break all that down and more coming up on Locked On Nets. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team...
1: Hello and welcome into another edition of the Locked on Nets podcast. I am your host, Josh Bass. Uh, Celebrating a Nets win this time, we watched them beat the Washington Wizards uh, a couple hours ago in uh, an interesting game. I think we'll we'll call it that. I I don't want to go as far as to say well played on either side, Uh, but Marcus, they got it done.
0: Yeah, it was probably the opposite of well played for... The most part, um, there were like a few standouts from from both sides, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah, most important thing is they got the win. They're now seven games up of the Wizards in the standings. Um, so that kind of that that's now like a three game gap between uh, the playing uh, games happening or not. So uh, a lot more breathing room. It'll take the Wizards making up uh, at least three games over these last six games to force a play in which seems unlikely um that they'd even go three and three so uh nets in good shape now
1: yeah absolutely i mean you're looking at the Nets' schedule the rest of the way uh and these were probably their two like if they play orlando again but kind of their two most winnable games as we've been saying the last couple of pods so even though if they go the 0 oh and six the rest of the way the wizards still have to go three and three yeah. and even then the nets just have to beat them once um before the wizards beat them twice so feeling uh, very good about things, all in all. Um, in in a game where it started out really poorly uh, for the Nets, kind of the opposite of that Orlando start where there were guns blazing, they could not hit anything uh, to start this game. I think 1 of 11 for the from the mm-hmm. field. And then uh, it got better. Jared Allen was doing things inside. Joe Harris had a phenomenal game. Chioza gave them a nice burst of life. And then LaVert kind of had some scoring bouts throughout. But, I mean... Nets are a bad team right now. They beat up on a worse team, but what can we take away from from this game?
0: Um, I, I think you uh, hit the nail on the head. That the Nets by no means like played a great game. They did win. Um, that beginning was definitely scary. It was eleven two early on, um, and the Wizards seemed like they were really locked in mm. and focused. And then the game was really tight the whole way. Like a team would go up by four or five, and then the other team would tie and it kind of was back and forth up until the the last few minutes of the fourth quarter when Karis Levert really took over. And he did not play the best game um, through the first three, three and a half quarters. He wound up with 34 points, seven rebounds, three assists, uh, 25 shot attempts. He got to the line a ton, which was like a big difference for him. He was really penetrating. Really uh, taking advantage anytime the Wizards had someone smaller on him, if that was Napier or whomever, like he did a great job getting to the basket. And I think that's the biggest thing is that he really took over down the stretch. And like we talked about in the preview of this game, like this is probably the one game on the schedule where the Nets like have more talent than the other team. And I think that showed down the stretch as as Lavert was kind of able to get wherever he wanted to a certain degree. Um, Ish Smith did kind of sun him mm-hmm. at the very end with that block. But I thought the reason the Nets pulled away and won this game at the end was because of Levert. Like, they were they were kept afloat because of Joe Harris, Jared Allen, uh, some other guys chipping in throughout the game. But then down the stretch, Levert really turned it on. Yeah, he was a very reliable
1: closer. I mean, he had some nice buckets, then draws the foul on the three-point attempt, which was huge. Yeah, uh, Was getting to the line at, at will, which was nice to see. Yeah, because, I mean, I was a little frustrated with him at the start of the game, he had some nice buckets where he was just catching the ball in the mid post. And, like, these are really, really easy baskets where he would basically just do jab step, power dribble, yeah. and get right to the basket and, and have a layup. Like, in, insanely easy. I don't know what Troy Brown was doing to guard him <laughs> a couple of those possessions. But then when he was ISOing from the three point line or, or kind of uh, running pick and roll, he just seemed uh, a little bit timid and caught in between. Um, uh, You know, not being as decisive, getting to the basket, but I think he turned around late. And not to say, like he should have a really good game against the Wizards if he if he has the potential that we all say he does. Yeah. Because they don't have much uh, perimeter defense. Thomas Bryant is certainly not a rim protector. Neither is Pesechnik's, who got some minutes in the second half. Um, Like Washington was the worst defensive team in the league this year. He should have their way with him. So it was frustrating to see that he wasn't able to impose his will throughout but he redeemed himself with some nice buckets late uh, and, and importantly, getting the Nets the win. And he wanted that moment. You could tell he wanted the ball every time down the floor uh, at the very end of the game, which was certainly nice to see. Um, So, warts and all, he, he definitely had a fine performance that, you know, it matters more what you do in the fourth quarter than what you do in the first. The Nets just do need him to be a bit more consistent if they want to have any chance of being competitive in some of these games coming up, like against Milwaukee and Boston.
0: Yeah, and I thought that the offense that they sort of found uh, later in the game with him in the mid-post and, like, the high post, like you said, as opposed to out on the three-point line was really effective. Like, if you put him out there with uh, Joe Harris, with Chioza, with one other shooter, and then Jared Allen kind of running the lane and, like, have Levert on the ball um, and kind of if they double, then you have shooters on the outside. I know a lot of guys took uh, a lot of shots that they missed in this game, um, Lance Thomas, Tyler Johnson, Rody Kuruks, a combined 0 for 14 from the field. So um, you'd expect that to, to come up a little bit uh, mm-hmm. in an average Hopefully. game. And I think, yeah, that's like a formula that that sort of works is like Lavert on the ball with uh, with Allen and, and three shooters because they were running a lot through Chioza and through Tyler Johnson, I think, early on. And even in the last game, um trying not to use Levert on the ball too much maybe because they were trying to save him for the fourth quarter maybe they wanted him to exert a little more effort on defense in this game than in the last one but for whatever reason I think going to him with the ball in his hands was much more effective
1: yeah agreed agreed and I think you know he wants he wants to be the guy which is a nice thing to see and the Nets don't have any other better options at at going one-on-one so um I think given his combination of ball handling and, and size and, and, you know, he can, I think and Eagle put it well, where it's like when he's going to the rim, he can hang up a little bit in the air or he can just has really long strides that kind of throw defenders off. Yeah. Um, so because of that, he can be able to, to create, um, you know, scoring opportunities where there might not be anything there. The problem is when situations where, you know, he gets to his spot, it's an easy look, those are the ones that he misses that really dragged down his overall efficiency so he can create a, a lot of decent looks for himself but you have to be able to make those looks um so i think that's kind of always been um a big thing with him and now he's in his fourth season you know he's going to be turning 26 soon this is an important stretch for him to kind of show what he's made of either you know how he'll fit with some of the Nets' star players uh you know at least theoretically and on paper since kd and kyrie are not there or as a trade chip for someone else um so I think, you know, rough game against the Magic, but he definitely rebounded uh, against the Wizards.
0: Yeah, that's what we talked about. Like, a lot of the uh, discussion coming into this, uh, into these seeding games surrounding the Nets was about Lavert kind of, like, pumping up his trade value, and everyone was like, oh yeah, like, he'll put up stats, he'll put up numbers. I think uh, he was the odds-on favorite to uh, finish the game as the leading scorer against the Magic Um And so yeah there were a lot of expectations that he would kind of fill it up and in that opener i think it was 17 points on 17 shots which is like that's kind of what we were getting during like a random regular season game uh where there were other guys who were taking more shots demanding more attention and so i think we all wanted him to go up a level and uh i think he certainly did that in the fourth quarter and in that run in the first quarter where they came back from that early deficit
1: yeah for sure for sure and i think like I mean, no one's going to expect him to have good games against, like, Milwaukee, Boston, right. Clippers, because he's the Nets' only offensive option against some of these, um, you know, really stout teams. But, like, Sacramento, well, I mean, Orlando's a good defensive team, so it's tough, but, like, the second matchup against Orlando, Portland, I want to see him play well against yeah. those mid-tier teams. Because he should be, you know? You can't just, like, he did not have a good season, so this is a very important stretch for him. Um and I don't know, I think we'll, we'll see what happens over these next six games and, and the playoffs, and obviously had a nice series against the 76ers last year, which is why you and I were so excited for him coming into this season. Mm.
0: It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair, everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge for when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and Vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else that CBD MD has to offer, they're offering our listeners 25% off of your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD.
1: But let's talk about a guy that I think really impressed both of us today, uh, and that was Jarrett Allen inside.
0: Yeah, he offensively was really aggressive, and just kind of going at Thomas Bryant, I think... um, Maybe it was like Bryant's size, or maybe they were talking. I don't know. But there was like a lot of chippiness between them throughout the game. Um, And to like knock Allen a little bit, like Thomas Bryant went off on the offensive end, Mm -hmm. and and Jared Allen was giving him way too much space, um, both from the three point line and then also uh, from mid range, just kind of letting Bryant shoot whenever he wanted. He finished with 30 points and 13 rebounds. But Jared Allen did a ton of damage. Um, on the offensive end, on the offensive glass. He had five offensive rebounds, 15 rebounds total, 22 points. He got to the line 10 times and made all 10, which is exactly what we were asking for him uh, Mm -hmm. on the last Mm -hmm. podcast, where we were saying, like, he used to be a pretty good free-throw shooter, and then for whatever reason he fell off, seems to maybe have a bit of a rhythm now. Um, I really liked his aggression, Josh.
1: Yeah, I think the one play that stands out, like... he's One, he's trying to dunk everything now. Yeah. But the play where he... Uh, it was an and one where Thomas he was trying to dunk it. Thomas Bryant fouled mm-hmm. him. So it basically, the dunk went in and out, but then back in. Uh, that was a sick play. But yeah, I mean, with the free throw thing, like, yeah, I, I get it. It's not a sexy part of anyone's game to improve that. Yeah. But he should be back to where he was his first, like, season and a half. And this is a great sign because, like, the Nets did need those free throws because a lot of them weren't at the end of the game. It was kind of throughout the flow of things. Yeah. And if, you know, the times where it was a three to five point deficit for the Nets, if that's going creeping upwards to five to seven, then maybe things do change. And he was keeping them in the game. It was basically him and Joe Harris uh, for those first three quarters and then kind of passing it off to Lavert late. Um, but yeah, he was a really, really good stalwart offensively. Had a nice block shot early, which led to uh, them feeding him running the break with that was a nice Nice, uh, nice layup where um, passes a little low for a big, man, a big man, but he caught it and uh, finished in one motion, which was nice. But yeah, Thomas Bryant was a tough matchup for him. I actually would have liked to see them go to something maybe where if they had Kruitz on the floor without at the same time where Kurtz could guard Bryant um, because he's obviously more mobile. Mm-hmm. And then J.A. guarding Hachimura, who uh, is not much of a three-point shooter, likes to mainly work out of the mid-post. So um, I think Jacques could have made that adjustment a little bit. It was just a tough matchup for Jared Allen. Obviously, he doesn't have... Uh, a ton of savvy perimeter defenders around him who are going to be like stunting out to Bryant to deter him either so he was kind of left on an island a bit but yeah obviously those mobile three-point shooting centers can can obviously um, hurt the Nets in yeah. action. And, and I think Bryant a lot of it was that. because
0: uh, Allen was kind of giving help because a lot of the uh, the Wizards were kind of using their their slight size advantage on the wing to get inside and then when it's Allen and like Garrett Temple or TLC is the is the power forward like they the Nets don't really have a means of like getting a rebound very well and so he kind of mm-hmm. I think feels like he does have to crash in uh to help out on that end but then that leaves Bryant open for for kickouts. It was definitely a tough matchup but yeah, I mean the 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 free throw attempts are what's evidence of the uh, aggression in both him and LaVert. Like obviously I'm not expecting him to make 10 out of 10 free throws every game but like the right. way he was putting his head down, like barreling into Bryant, like running the break, like getting ahead of guys in transition, that's what leads to the free throw attempts, and that is like an easy way to get points, like you said, and and keep the Nets in it when a guy like Lavert is maybe maybe struggling in the middle of the game.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: Yeah. No, I I agree. I think like it.
1: He doesn't have to go ten ten, but if he goes you know seven or eight of ten. Yeah. That's that's huge, uh, especially because. He's getting to the line that that many times, and he's not making those shots. Those are wasted possessions. Um, so obviously, you're getting the other team in foul trouble, but you still need to convert on the other end, which is uh, something that we've been talking about with the Nets. We're just not good free throw shooting. Team, yeah, and it lets you like
0: it lets you get back on defense and like set up your defense. Exactly. You're not like trying to run back in transition. It's just like for a team like the Nets, who's like going to struggle to get offense and who is not going to have the best defense even when they're set. Like it makes a ton of sense.
1: Yeah. One other thing on Thomas Bryant, mm-hmm. I actually love... You mentioned kind of that it was a little getting a little chippy between him and Allen. Like, he really, really, really wants to secure the eight seed, at least yeah. have a chance at it. And it showed, and it was, it was freaking awesome. When he was headbutting the
0: stanchion, that was
1: <laughs> intense. He, yeah, like, one play at the, at the end of the... In the first half, I think towards the end, where, like, he might have gotten a big and one where the Nets were starting to take back momentum. Um, and he was just like
0: jazzed up like it was it was very fun to see actually yeah he drew a charge at one point on i think mm-hmm. Levert uh towards the end of the the quarter or and and he was just like really fired up i mean there were plays where like he would get a dunk and that's called timeout and he's just like everyone goes to the bench but he's still like staring at the basketball like mm-hmm. intimidating mm-hmm. the ball uh he yeah. was he was really fun to watch i'm excited to see what he can do uh going forward with uh maybe with beal i guess and with wall yeah, no, for sure. The Wizards definitely they definitely have something in him. I think he was
1: a yeah. second-round pick, and, and uh, I guess in his third season, and pretty good find from them. I mean, he had a nice year this year, a good season last season as well. Um, so I think if they could pair him, maybe it does end up being Hachimura, but someone who's a more kind of mobile defensive four that can protect the rim a bit, even if they don't have the best offensive game, uh, that could be an interesting pairing uh, with Wall, and, and if they do keep... Bradley Beal as well. So the Wizards have some good things going on. Uh, someone who might not have as bright of future as Thomas Bryant is Lance Thomas Marcus. Only played 10 minutes uh, this game, starting both the first and second half, and then not making uh, an appearance in uh, the rest of the half. You think this is going to be a consistent theme, or do you think I, d- I didn't
0: get I didn't get the point of it. It reminded me of like when the the Thunder would have like Kendrick Perkins out there yeah. at the start of and games. So would have like, keep, like Keith Bogans it, or something like
1: that. Yeah,
0: it just felt like I don't know. Maybe because he's like such a good uh, teammate and good character guy, they're like, all right, we'll give you a few minutes, like you can start. But like TLC and, and Kurucs are doing a great job. Either one of them could be starting. Uh, they played temple 29 minutes. I guess like you could start him and I'd love to see Lance Thomas's 10 minutes, just go to Dante hall as the backup center. Mm-hmm. And then that would free roadie up to, uh, to play more four, uh, maybe alongside Jared Allen, maybe. So then, uh, they have a little bit more size and maybe he can help out on rebounding and Allen could chase out a guy like Bryant a little bit more than he did in this game. Um, yeah, I, I did not understand Lance Thomas playing, uh, at all. Like, if, maybe starting him but then like as the game went on like he didn't need to start the second half i don't know
1: yeah i think like there's some there's something very disrespectful though if you start a guy <laughs> and then you don't have him start the second half usually it's only something where right. it's um, but maybe he played more dis- disciplinary he,
0: he played the ninth most minutes on the team he and he started
1: it doesn't make sense i know well i think they wanted to have him out there for like 20 or whatever it would be but he was just so bad he started the first half <laughs> where they're like, oh, God, like, we to have no energy with him in there. And, like, Kourouk, he had some sloppy drives and turnovers, but he also did some things well. So, yeah. um, you know, he's a lot of negatives, but he has some positives. But Lance is just a good amount of negatives also. Um, so, I don't know. I don't think he'll be starting next game. I would be surprised if he, if he was because it's not like the Nets have anything invested in him. They signed him, like, like a month ago. So, who cares? <laughs> Um, and you do have a bunch of these guys in the Nets like playing a ton of minutes. Yeah. 39, Allen 38, Harris 37. Unfortunately, this isn't going to be the trend because there's, I'm assuming, only a few games the Nets are really going to be, um, like in in close proximity to the other team Mm -hmm. in the rest of this, uh, in the rest of this bubble regular season. So, like, they're getting blown out by Milwaukee. Levert's not going to go out there for 40 minutes. So maybe they're like, we just need to secure these wins. Yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, I mean, the Nets don't have a lot of depth right now. No, yeah. I think that was, I mean, last game they played, uh, I think, all under 30. And I think um, we said, like, if it had been closer, they would have played more. This was just a game that, like, they had to win. And I think they treated it kind of like a playoff game. Because um, if you win this game, you probably don't have to play those two play-in games. So you might as well just, like, take care of it now and just secure a win uh, and pull seven games ahead now of the Wizards. But yeah, I mean, that's a ton of minutes for, for Harris, Allen, and Lavert, all close to 40. Um, and we should talk about Joe Harris also, who was phenomenal. He hit uh, some really clutch threes. He was 6 of 7 from 3, 10 of 13 overall for 27 points. He had some really nice uh, finishes inside. He had a reverse in the first half, and then he had that kind of like sidestep gallop uh, to get the and one, uh, fouled by Thomas Bryant in the, in the second half. He was phenomenal josh
1: yeah he was i mean so so good like the threes he was hitting they weren't super uncontested i mean the one off the pass from temple was a little bit on the move that's a huge shot to tie the game at 98 um you know he has the one right before that where he uh went around went around and pick and just kind of drilled it um so like these are big shots if he misses those then it gives the wizards some a little bit more daylight as opposed to the game being tied or, or the wizards up by one now they're up by three or four. So, you know, these were huge shots. And I think the one thing you can say about Joe Harris, though, is that his, like, his driving game, especially when he knows the other team doesn't have a rim protector there, yeah. he's going to feast on that because he's so smart and crafty and knows how to use angles and his body. Yeah. Um, so he can get, a like, the um, like the, the two-point shots he had were really, really um, ones that he was able to create himself. And by just knowing the spacing and had pretty easy finishes just because he's not afraid to go in there.
0: Yeah, it's kind of similar a little bit to D'Angelo Russell, the way he was moving, where he kind of kept his head up and was like looking out at the perimeter to kick out and just waited till like the last possible second to, to get up and like mm-hmm. put his hand as close to the backboard as possible to like really minimize any chance that Bryant or anyone had to, to block him. Just the way he was like very shifty inside kind of reminded me of D'Lo.
1: Yeah, no, I can see that. I can see that. He's definitely a very smooth player, um, yeah. And I think it's just like becoming more and more evident, especially as you have guys like other, other wings on the team that are going to be around next year, like a Garrett Temple, who's just been in a huge rut shooting the ball basically since um, after the start of the season. So like maybe since December onwards, mm-hmm. uh, like they need the one guy that is a pure pure knockdown shooter from a role player perspective, and can obviously do a lot more like the nets just need to lock him up this this off season.
0: yeah i that should definitely be a priority i would be very upset if he was not on the nets next year
1: yeah i think he wants to i think he wants to be i do too I'm, yeah
0: i mean the, he, his his uh his niece was in the where brooklyn at uh did you notice yeah. that? and it seemed like i don't know his family they were like we missed watching the yes crew i i don't know i i'm like maybe reading a little bit too much into that but it felt like his family like kind of supports that the Nets, like, gave him a chance and whatnot. So, I don't know. Maybe he's, like, extra loyal to the team. I think so. I mean, he probably could have gotten more than two years, $16 on the open market
1: uh, when he had free agency a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. So, I think he he likes what they're building there. Um, And, yeah, I mean, he's had, like, before, like, when the Nets picked him up from the Cavs, his career was not uh, – I mean, you cannot guarantee that he would be in the league in the 2019-20 season. And he is – carved a beautiful role for himself on this Nets team. Obviously, any team would be very lucky to have him, but I think he likes what, what Brooklyn has built uh, and the way that they've, you know, taken care of him. So I would be very surprised if this can't get done, especially, you know, you have to imagine the Nets are going to offer something that's pretty uh, reasonable from a contract perspective mm-hmm. compared to what he would get from the open market. So uh, I, I think that's going to be a huge, huge priority uh, in the off season for for these guys, but... Yeah, he was he was great today, uh, so much fun
0: to watch. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer.
1: who we didn't get to see down the stretch and was a little disappointing that we didn't, Chris Chioza.
0: Yeah, he uh, did not get the start, first of all, we should mention. It was Tyler Johnson who started, and I think it made sense. Josh, you and I were texting about it beforehand. I think they wanted a little more size uh, defensively and then also um, just to kind of build up maybe an early lead, which did not work out. But uh, having that size and then using Chioza's energy off the bench as kind of a spark plug that part did work out he was a little sloppy early on he got like hit on the back of the head uh at one point which maybe threw him off at the beginning because he was a little hectic but then once he settled down yeah just uh pushing the pace like we said 14.6 assists uh really efficient shooting six of eight uh made a couple of threes uh he was really the other guy along with the three that we would expect harris allen and lavert he was the the only other guy who really showed up in this game. And he did a really nice job of kind of holding the fort when any of those other guys were out.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's another guy that can create something out of nothing just because he's so fast. I mean, yeah. like it's crazy. Um, he's just racing down the court. Uh, but I thought he had a, a couple of really nice finishes, which mm-hmm. I mean, for his size, again, you're not going. You're not going trying to finish against like Rudy Gobert, or Anthony Davis, but uh, <laughs> these are seven foot NBA players. And, yeah, you know, I mean he's he's my uh, height. He's five yeah, eleven. He's just he's like his body control when he gets to the basket is so good, uh, and he's able to create a, a nice little advantage and open up other things in his toolkit because of his speed. Obviously, he was hitting the, the spot up three uh, today, which was good because he wasn't hitting that against Orlando, and he needs to do that to be an effective player, but. I loved his energy, like his ball pressure as well, um, really fights to get over picks, which uh, is not super common on, on this Nets team, unfortunately. <laughs> so I, I really like what he can do. Um, I actually thought, like, going. Like, I thought Tyler Johnson did a, a nice job last game. So I was like, okay, I don't know how I feel about him getting to the starting lineup just because I want to balance things out a little bit more because mm-hmm. the Nets do have their two main creators, and Karras and Joe already in the starting lineup. But uh, I thought Chioza did mix nicely with some of those guys like Akurits and TLC, um, guys who can, you know, play a faster pace. So yeah. um, he's like, Joe Harris can play up-tempo, but it's not really his game. And Levert really likes to play methodically. Mm-hmm. So it's not a great fit, and you can have a guy in like Tyler Johnson who, um, you know, can take some some tougher assignments from a, a guy like Levert because you know Johnson can make uh, really makes his bread and butter on the defensive end. Um, he certainly wasn't doing it on offense tonight. So I, it did work out well for Jacques Vaughn, a nice uh, nice coaching move by him.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a really good point that you said about his fit with those guys off the bench in terms of pushing the pace because, yeah, I mean, that's exactly the way that a guy like Krux wants to play. Uh, TLC, the same thing. Um, and, yeah, I think Paul, if— Oh, when he plays— yeah, I think if one of those guys winds up starting at the four, maybe then it makes more sense to bring Chioza back into the starting lineup. I don't know. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, it's, it's tough, I think. Hmm. When is playing well, I think it makes sense to stagger him and Karras. Yes. Because he can create a lot of stuff. But I don't know. I just I don't have a, a read on Tyler Johnson enough well enough yet to really see where he fits. But I do want Karras at some point to play with you know, Karras, Joe, and, and Allen, because, like, that's where we're going to get the most information on how he fits with, like, mm-hmm. good players who will um, either be on the next team this year or guys of their ilk and caliber will be on the team next year. Like, we're not going to get a ton of information um, when he's playing alongside, you know, Chioza and, and, you know, Dante Hall and TLC. Um, as, as much as that sucks, but it's just kind of the truth. I do want right. to see how he meshes with some of those other guys. But, you know, with Chioza, I, I think... So let's let's stick with him on the bench as kind of that spark plug role where he has the keys to the offense. He's not worried about um, you know deferring to others. He's going to get them involved naturally and then just see how things progress from there.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I I liked the he played 21 minutes. I think that's about right, just because of how much energy he seems to be exerting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to like maximize that, I think keeping him around that that minute limit uh, is probably a good thing. Yep.
1: And, Marcus, the uh, the Nets go from one winnable game to one that's uh, not as much against the Bucks <laughs> on Tuesday. Third straight afternoon start. Uh, I love it when it's on the weekends. Unfortunately, when it's on the weekdays, I don't as much. Uh, I will be missing almost all of this game live. Um, but how do you feel about it going in?
0: Yeah, um... I'm curious to see what happens in tonight's game between the Bucks and the Rockets. We're recording this uh, before that happens, because if the Bucks win, I think they clinch the one seed, so maybe that next game is a chance for them to rest guys and then uh, kind of ramp things up towards the playoffs after that. I don't know. If they lose that Rockets game, then uh, with the way that the Raptors played against the Lakers, you kind of want to secure that. So they probably go all out against the Nets, so I don't know. We'll We'll see, but... Um, in terms of him actually winning, um, I don't see a ton of hope unless uh, again the Bucks are resting players. But I don't know. Um, it'll be a good a good test for LeVert to go up against uh, some great perimeter defenders on the Bucks and with Brook Lopez, a great interior defender as well. Um, unfortunately, that's another stretch big for Allen, so maybe he has to go out. And if if Giannis plays, I'm curious to see who guards him as well. Um, I would think. Uh, Kurucs and TLC, maybe, uh, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, I actually think Allen could do a nice job on. Yeah. Um, on Giannis, the, the problem is, I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, Jacques is definitely gonna start Lance against the Bucks. <laughs> he's just too conservative, and like he's like, oh, we need the defensive veteran in there. Um, so maybe, can, maybe Jamal can, Crawford plays also. I forgot to mention. True, true. That would be uh, that would be interesting. I think at, at that at this point, just throw him out there and see what happens, like, it'll be fun to see him out there, I'm not expecting anything, but mm-hmm. uh, who knows, and yeah, I, don't know. I mean, the Bucks always have the Nets number, like, they could, even if they clinch, they rest the entire team, they bring the entire Wisconsin herd into the bubble, <laughs> and just have them play as the Bucks. I think they'd still beat the Nets, um, given the, kind of how we traditionally play against them, I think we only played against them once this year, uh, and we got destroyed, but um, interesting to to see them again and always excited to see uh brooke face the nets even though it's not in uh brooklyn but you'll have the uh the fans from from the nets and uh we'll be interested to see how that uh how that looks you think um there's gonna be a lot of people wearing lopez jerseys perhaps
0: <laughs> uh maybe the virtual fans yeah um that was also cool the might they had michael grady there um as a virtual fan that was pretty funny yeah and I love the kid that was next to him. <laughs> yeah. In the Nike shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. got a lot of shout outs. Yeah. I just checked. Uh, they did only play once. The Bucks won by 20 uh, back in January.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So not, of,
0: not promising. <laughs> not promising. Not good. I think Kyrie played that game. Yeah. Um,
1: so other couple notes. I love when TLC just like thought <laughs> there was no time left. And yes. the ball at the end of <laughs> halftime when there was like four or five seconds left. That was great uh and then all of the chioza cheese references by ian eagle
0: oh, yeah. as he was uh as he was tormenting the wizards they showed the virtual fans at one point like right after ian had said one of those and like a lot of them were laughing which i thought was funny because like usually a crowd at a game isn't listening to the broadcast so they have they don't yeah. like react to that but I, I enjoyed seeing like the cutaway to the fans laughing at ian's comment that's the one
1: thing i wish they would do more if, if we ever get back to normal and are allowed to go to supporting events because when you go in the concession stands, you get to hear the uh, the announcers. Yeah. But like, especially the Nets have an incredible um, incredible broadcasting team. I want to hear them as like, I love Allie Love and, and team hype during commercials. Also, <laughs> but I don't know, it's it's just not the same. And then um, I love club music also, but I don't don't need to hear that um, just
0: constant during uh, the Nets game. So oh yeah, that's- I, I would. <laughs> one more sorry one more that just reminded me there was one play i think it was in the fourth quarter it was like tied with maybe like five minutes left and all of a sudden the instrumental of num slash encore just started playing and i was like that, that just did not fit it was like the na, 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 and i saw joe harris like running around a curl i was uh, like, this do you want <laughs> yeah there's been some weird
1: stuff during all this um, but yes, yeah, so also I love it at Yankees games. When you go when you go into the concourse or con- concessions and you hear John Sterling announcing the game, it's just great. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be something to experiment with. I think it would be very well received. Who doesn't want more? I an Eagle. Um, if you want more at Lockdown Nets, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Nets. You can follow myself at jmbass underscore. Marcus is at Marcus Barahal.com. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, rate us, review us. I hope what you are you are liking what we're doing during uh, this NBA bubble restart. I think we're having a lot of fun with it. I've been really enjoying the games. I don't know about you, Marcus, but oh, it's yeah. been awesome. They're on constant. Uh, it's great. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Nothing better. Um, so until next time, we'll be back in your ears soon. Be well. Bye.